Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Anne Ukenen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Have you been enjoying the, uh, the Discerning of Spirits and Discernment series? That's been very good. If you're like, oh, I don't know what that is, it's happening tonight at 6 o'clock. And I said the right time. Praise Jesus. Six o'clock, six o'clock to eight o'clock. It's been really good. It's the last one, but if you sign up now, you still get the recordings from the other other bits. So that's good. And so you can register for that and get those bits. I've been I've been really thinking about what Pastor Jason was talking about with Stephen. And I'm just like, you know, when people just mention things and you're just like, you really start thinking about it and reading about it. Like, um, if you didn't know, Hosanna is one of my favorite songs that we sang in the beginning. Shalane loves me. And, uh, and, but the reason why I like it, there's a lot of reasons why I like it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a favorite song. But um, it makes me think about the people that were in the city in Jerusalem when Jesus rode in. And they were having their palm branches. Like, it's Palm Sunday. It's a song, you know, that sometimes gets sung at Palm Sunday. But... I ha- like there's this picture I have of just Jesus riding on a donkey and and it just th- it's just the idea that people didn't know what he was really saving them from. And he didn't save them wom- what from what they thought they needed to be saved from. But he saved them from what they needed to be saved from. And he delivered them from what they needed to be delivered from that he didn't, it didn't matter about the Roman Empire. Didn't matter about any empire. Sin and death and separation from God mattered. And that's what he was there to take care of. And that's what he did. And so even when there's people that are in a situation and they have no understanding, Jesus still does what he's supposed to do. And then I think about this situation with Stephen. We're going to go there. I think, you know, if you haven't done that, you should watch these discernment or watch or listen. I don't know one or the other. I was there in the flesh. I watched and listened. <laughs> this, uh, this part when Stephen is um, at Stephen's death, and, and I'm, I'm going to kind of focus on something a little bit different here in Acts uh, 7.54. And it's at the end of the chapter. And uh, what's so great was Pastor Jason was talking about the vision that he had, which was really, really cool to see Jesus at the throne room. Very awesome. Very neat. Wouldn't you just like to see that? But then he dies right after. And then he, see, he gets to see it in person, right? You know, it's like, wouldn't you just like to have lived a little bit longer with that vision before he died? No, he just died pretty much right away. But I just... I, was, I just couldn't get off of what happened at the end. And I was thinking, I was reading it, and I just couldn't get off that here he was. He was talking to the religious people and telling them about Jesus and about how he rejected them and some other stuff. But he's saying, and they didn't like what he was saying. They didn't like it. I said, have you told anyone something from God's word that the, that the person didn't like what you were saying? 
And also, too, some of you have not said something because you knew they wouldn't like what they say and you wouldn't like what they do. But let me tell you, they probably didn't, they probably wouldn't do to you what was done to Stephen. <laughs> Because they got very angry. They were gritting their teeth. They were so angry at what he, what he said that they chased him out of town and stoned him to death. I don't think there's anyone that you can talk to and say something like that, and that would happen to you. So I think you're safe from that for now anyway. But he does this. He gets chased out of town, and, and they're, they're stoning him. They're so angry with him. And they, and, and, and he says, uh, like he, he tells them about the vision that he's seeing. And then verse 57, it says, they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. So they all were like, I can just think like, you know what? I've talked to kids that do this. Or they go like this. I don't want to hear it. I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening. And I'm like, you better listen is what usually when I'm in that situation, I'm going to make them listen. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I can make them listen, but really they're not listening. <laughs> they're not listening. They're, they, you know, like where there's the, there's grace in my classroom <laughs> that we can think about it, but I'll come back to you and I'll talk to you. <laughs> so there's grace for you that he'll come back and he'll talk to you. But they were like, because you're his child. But here we have some people that are so angry that they're acting like little children and, and they stop him, they're stopping their ears and they're like so mad and they cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet whose name was Saul because Saul was really happy with this before he came Paul, right? He's there and he's enjoying this whole thing. And then they stoned Stephen and calling upon God saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. So he knew it was, this was the end. Or, you know, he's like, I'm coming, Jesus. I'm coming. But then in verse 60, and he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. I just can't get off of that. When I, I was just like, this is just like Jesus. I was like, I couldn't help but make the connection of what Jesus said when he's on the cross. And they're doing all that stupid stuff to him that he needed to suffer. But he looking, he's looking there, casting lots for his clothes right in front of him. It's like not respectful in the slightest, like farthest thing from it. This man suffering on the cross and they're being just so, so, so rude, more than rude, sinful in nature to him. And then he says, Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. But there's an opportunity and I don't think that any of us will have a death like this. And Jesus died the death on the cross so we, wouldn't ha we could live in victory and walk in victory. But here we have someone who died, but he looked like exactly like Jesus when he died. And if we look in the, in the previous chapter, we don't hear about Stephen until chapter 6. So we hear a little bit about him, and then we hear about his death in the next chapter. 
So the church is growing, getting bigger, and of course there's like things to do. We need a greeter. We need someone to, you know, do the coffee bar. We need someone to do the sound and all the other stuff. There's someone that needs to do something. And then if it doesn't get, if it didn't get done, people notice. Like you noticed after a while if you're there's no offering envelopes in the back of the chair. It would be like, where is the offering envelopes? You know, like when I'm in class, I prepare. I make sure I have the materials that I need and then I do what I need to do. If I didn't have the materials and everything that I needed, oh no, it wouldn't go well. But there's people that need to do stuff. Like, aren't you glad that the bathrooms are clean? Thank you, Satan. Thank you. <laughs> like, thank you. I'm like super excited when I, you know, because the toilet seats are not typically up in the women's bathroom. So when they're up in a women's bathroom, that's so exciting because it's clean. I am the first one to use this bathroom. And I'm very, I, I enjoy that because there's times when I'm, I'm really examining because, you know, I, 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 you know, after the beginning of the day, I will not use the bathroom in my classroom. <laughs> and I, the kids go in there all day long, but I will not go in there. I'll go to the adult bathroom. But we would notice if someone's missing or a job's not getting done. So they're growing, they're getting busy. We heard about in some revivals where toilet paper was the big thing, which you know, I experienced when I was in Ecuador because they don't put toilet paper out. And you don't realize how much of a blessing that is until you, they don't. And you are like, oh, I have to bring my toilet paper everywhere? <laughs> Very new to me, but not new to them. But one of revival, they didn't have, the, like, you know, no one was replacing the toilet paper. Aren't you glad we have someone replacing the toilet paper? Yes, praise Jesus. Because while things are going on, meetings are happening, people are doing what they're doing because they're people, you notice when things like that don't get done. So, there, so there's some widows that needed taking care of. There were some people that needed to be cared for. And, we're, and they were noticing, and the disciples were like, they can't do everything. Surprise. You can't do everything. Not a surprise here. You can't. There's like, you know, with, like, we have our schedule that I make, and other people do one thing, and, you know, like, we can't do it all. If you do it all, you're going to die. You're, <laughs> you're going to collapse and not be able to do it all. And, and you can't be in, in so many places at once. And the disciples are realizing this because, they, you know, Jesus is gone. And they're realizing that when things are growing, like when we grow, our church will grow. Our church is, will grow. It's growing. And it's going to grow. And then there's going to be a point where you're like, we need people to do stuff. We need people to do stuff. So they're like, they have a meeting and, they, and, they're, and they're trying to figure out who to do, what to do. And, and then they, and they, and they were like, they come up with a plan. Okay, we'll get seven people and they'll all like do this stuff for us so that we can still teach and we can go do what we need to do. But these guys are going to do this. And everyone's like, yeah, that's a great idea. That sounds like a plan. They were really excited about this plan. So they, they, they uh, talk about the different people that they have and um, that are doing this plan. And then they talk and they pause. They didn't say this about all the others, but I'm sure this was true. But they stopped and gave some information about Stephen. It's like when you re are reading your Bible and they stop and, and, and in it, they give some information about that person. It's 
important. That person, God wants you to know of this about that person. So in verse, uh, in chapter six, it says, the 12 called the multitude of disciples unto them. And they said, it's not, it's, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So wherefore, brethren, look ye among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's what we're doing. That's why we have our ministry team. And then we have Pastor Gwen, who's able to do some things that she wasn't able to do when we were smaller. And she's able to give herself to these things and also us pastors as well. And to do these things. Although, you know, I'll wipe a table. I do wipe tables. But, but they're, like, they're noticing that they need, to, that they need this, these people. And they said, and they will give ourselves continuing to the word and the, uh, and the ministry of the word, which is great because you know what? I want people prepared. I want people tell, uh, giving me the word. I want people praying and giving me a word in season. I want them to be doing this for me. That's important. And so they said, and this saying pleased the whole multitude. This is a multitude and the whole multitude was pleased. That's great news. God's plan, pleasing the multitude. Isn't that great? Because sometimes you can't make everybody happy, but here they're all happy. Isn't that great? And then the same, okay, and then and they chose Stephen. And so here's where they stop, and then they list the other ones. Stephen, a man full of faith, which they said before that, that they were choosing men of faith, people that had faith. And then they say again, this guy had faith. This guy had faith. A man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And then Philip and, and all these other people. And in verse 8, And Stephen was full of faith and power and did great wonders and miracles among the people. He's not one of the disciples. He's a man that they got to do the tables and serve and to help but he's doing exactly the same thing as the disciples. And he's walking in miracles like Jesus walked in miracles. He's doing all these things, full of faith and power, did great miracles among the people. And then people didn't like this. He told them the truth, and he died. All this in like one chapter. One chapter. Wow. But I can't help but notice that he was exactly like Jesus. Let's go to Acts 18. It's in the same chapter. There we go. So here's Paul now. Here, like, aren't you glad that Stephen was like, don't lay these to my charge? There's Paul there watching the whole thing. Uh, not Paul, but at the time Saul. Watching the whole thing happening and rejoicing and happy in it. And now, a little over 10 books, uh, chapters later, we have him being Paul. And they're not held to his account. And he's able to walk with the Holy Spirit. He's able to do his ministry and not be held back by sin. I just love Stephen's heart. 
let us have the heart of God. Let us have his heart that when people do stuff to us, they'll throw stones in the way of words. And we have a saying that sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And sometimes people will say, yes, you know what? Words do hurt. They can hurt. They can hurt deeply. They can bind someone for years. But they don't have to. They don't have to hurt if you don't let them. It was interesting. I was listening to the minister's conference um, in Fort Worth, and, and Kenneth Copeland doesn't read anything good or bad about himself because there's a lot that's bad around about him, let me tell you, but he doesn't read it. Because why are you listening and why are you reading what others are saying about you? It's not important. What he says about you is important. So after all these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. They're having trouble in, in, in Italy, not liking the Christians and running them out. And then he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, with his wife Priscilla, um, because that Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was the same craft, he, was, he abode with them and wrought by their okay, uh, um, occupation that they were tent makers. So Paul's a tent maker. This guy's a tent maker. And we're like, hey, let's work together. Sounds like a plan. And he reasoned in the synagogue. This is Paul. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and pursued, persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And then when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. So he had a reputation as a Jewish leader, and now he's, he's, God's telling him to say this. God's going to tell you what to say to people. And sometimes you're going to be like, really? Like, I shouldn't say that, but you should. <laughs> when God tells you to speak something, it'll work out good. And so he was pressed in the spirit to speak and testify the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment. And then this is so funny that it's not working out. Like, like God told him to say this. And we're having kind of the same reaction that Stephen had. And they opposed themselves and blasphemed, swore, and shook his, and, and, and Paul shook his clothes and said unto them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. I will go unto the Gentiles. I'm wiping my hands off you. You guys are not listening to me. I'm going. But you've heard. Off I go. But God told him to do this. Do what God says to do. And he, he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice. Ooh, nice. One that worshipped God, whose house joined um, hard to, to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many in the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Ooh, these people that he's talking to didn't like what he's saying. But, hmm, there's a lot of people around them that do like what he was saying. Ha, ha, ha. 
And then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by the vision. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. I've got friends. Like, I know who's there. We don't know who's where we go. But God does. God has something for you to say when you go to places. Believe him. Trust him. It will work out well. Even when there are people who are angry. (laughs) You probably won't get stoned. But someone might get mad. Oh well. Oh well. Brush your self off and go speak to someone else. And he continued there a year, this is verse 11, and he continued there, Paul continued there a a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. And when Gallio Gallio was the deputy of uh, Achia, the Jews made uh, an insurrection, uh, insurrection with one accord against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat. So here we have another situation where he's, sta- he's going to stand before some people and they don't like him, so they're like bringing him to the judge. Saying, this fellow persecuteth men uh, to worship God contra- contrary to the law. And when Paul was now about to open his mouth, Gallio said unto the Jews, if it were a matter of wrong or wicked lawlessness, lewdness, o, G- o ye Jews, reason would that I should bear with you. But if it be a question of words and names and of your law, look to ye to it, and I will be no judge in such matters. Yeah, and he drave them, drave them from the judgment seat. So they were trying to get him, trying to get the, the Romans to work with him, with them to get Paul out. But it didn't work. He didn't have to speak a word. But got shut down, which is good news. So what does this mean for us? Let's go to Mark 4 and think about all this. Speaking God's word. And Mark 4.13 And here it says, that wouldn't be Mark 4. And he said to them, I'm going to be in the Amplified Classic. He said, he said unto them, he, Jesus, do you not discern and understand this parable? How is it then possible for you to discern and understand all parables? And then he says in verse 14, the sower sows the word. Do you know this one? The one with the four different kinds of soil? I'm not going to read it because I'm just going to go to, I'm just going to go down. And he talks about the different soil types. But I want you to keep this in mind. And we're going to come back to verse 14. The sower sows the word. And then it says, and the ones that fall along the path are those who have the word sown in their hearts. But they... 
But when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which is sown in them. And then in the same way, the ones sown upon the stony ground are those who, when they hear the word and at once receive it and accept it and welcome it with joy, and they have no real root in themselves. And so they endure for a little while. And when they have trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately are offended and become displeased and indignant and resentful, and they stumble and fall away. And the ones among the thorns are those who hear the word, and then the cares and anxieties and distractions of the age and the pleasures and delights and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the cravings and passionate desires for those things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and becomes fruitless. And those are sown that on good ground, well-adapted soil, the ones who hear the word and receive it and accept it and welcome it and bear fruit, some 30, some times as, uh, was sown, some 60 and some 100. And then he keeps on going, and we might go on in, in just a little bit, but he's talking a lot about hearing here. When you speak to someone, they're hearing you in some way, in one of these kinds of ways. You know those people that don't listen. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's so excited. They get excited with you, but then you notice and you see that they just, it just, they forget or they, or they just move on to something else. They get excited in the moment or they do something and you're like, you're looking at them and you're like, why is, like, you sat in the same meeting. You sat, you heard the same thing. But there's fruit in your lives and not in your friends or in your family members that you, that they heard the same word. We're good ground here. We hear his word and we do it. And the sower sows. So we're the hearer, but we are also sowers, sowing his word. And I notice it says in the parable that he sows, he just sows the word. He has his bag out and he's sowing the word. And apparently he's going a lot of different places as he's sowing the word. He didn't just stop, oops, that ground, oh, I shouldn't give to that ground. He didn't stop. He sowed everywhere. He sowed everywhere. Some of it grew, some of it didn't, but he sowed everywhere. We have lots of word, and we're never going to run out of seed, the word of God. We can sow it wherever we go. Don't be concerned about the soil because you will know where there's good ground and you will sow there. But it's important that we sow everywhere because we're sowers. That's what we do. And we're hearers. That's what we do. We hear and we sow. We take care that we're that good ground. I don't want to be that other ground. That worries choke it out. Things happen and the word just gets to none effect. I want to be that good ground. So I'm taking care to ensure that I'm good ground. But I also want to sow. 
And I don't want to be, uh, 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 I better not sow there. That's not good ground. I'm going to sow it everywhere. I'm going to sow it everywhere. And so it says on further, let's see. And he said unto them, is a lamp, this is in verse 21, and he said unto them, is a lamp brought into the, to be put under a peck measure or under a bed and not to be put on the lampstand? If you're going to take a lamp, you go put it somewhere so everybody can see. You don't hide it. We're not hiding his word. We're shouting it out. We're shouting it everywhere. We're sowing it everywhere. We're that light we're not supposed to hide. Stephen knew this. He chewed out the religious folk. He didn't care what would happen. We shouldn't care what will happen. Paul was at a place where he was. He, like, God told him to, stay, uh, to speak some words, and some people didn't like it. But there were some people there that needed the word. There was all kinds of soil in that city. And he didn't know, but there were some people there that needed the word. And he gave it to them. And he needed to. And they needed it. And he didn't know some of the soil. You don't know sometimes. God will show you sometimes, but sometimes you don't know. You don't know how long God has been drawing. You don't know what God has been doing in that person's life. And you don't know if you're going to speak that word that's going to bug them for like 10 years, and then they finally relent. Wouldn't you just like to give that word to someone? <laughs> and then things that are uh, hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation, for there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it might be made known. Jesus will be making himself known. In the meantime, you need to be making yourself known because there's Jesus in you. And you can walk just like Jesus did on the earth. You can have the kind of love that Stephen had. That, ugh, he loved those people that killed him. Loved him enough to say, hey, God, don't put this on their record. Please don't. To have that love. To walk in that love each and every day, that love makes you so and so all the time and so wherever you go and not care if they toss stones back. I don't know if anyone has one literally thrown at them. <laughs> if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. We are listening. We are perceiving, we're knowing, and we're understanding, we're comprehending his word. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of, of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of truth and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides and will give, you, give to you who hear. I just love it. This, this makes me think about... Well, maybe someone who, let's make it someone else when you're talking, you're like, yeah, 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 I know. I know, I know. Yeah, 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 I know. 
I get that from my students. Oh, I know. I know, no. No, you don't. No, you don't. And then they go do exactly the opposite <laughs> of what you said to do. Not to do, you said, do it this way. I, like, I have like tests of hearing every single day when I say you need to do it this way. And I've even broken it down to the smallest minute detail to remember, like name, cut, glue, color. And yet, simplest instructions, simplest instructions, name, cut, glue, color, repeated multiple times, still there's some kind of ground that's not good ground. <laughs> because where's your name? Didn't I tell you to cut before you color? Didn't I say to do this or that? It's nice to put it in a risk-free zone. When God, didn't I tell you? No. <laughs> Actually, God doesn't really need to tell me in those situations. I'm telling, didn't I hear? <laughs> didn't I? Oh, shouldn't I have done that? I should have. <laughs> I didn't do it in the right order. <laughs> if we can hear, if we can fine-tune the hearing, we're walking like him, walking in love, fine-tuning our hearing, making sure that we're that good ground, that we're doing it, doing it. Hearing, obeying, hearing and doing. Like they, some of them didn't, but anyway. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get it. He said the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed upon the ground and then continues sleeping and rising night and day. And while the seed sprouts and grows and increases, he knows not how. Let me tell you, I love spring. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to, going to go to the store. We're going to go buy some seeds and we're going to go plant them. But it's so cool. Like I make sure that we put some seeds right by the edge of the cup so that they can see, oh, look, there's the seed. Oh, look, the seed coat is getting kind of shriveled. Oh, look, the roots coming out. And then it starts to grow and, and there's so much excitement. It's really great. They're so excited. They're so excited about it. You know, taking care of the plant, overwatering, underwatering, watering just enough. And then me trying to make sure that they have something to take home <laughs> and, and soon before it can break, and then there's crying as they leave the classroom because their, their plant broke. But there's, they, they just love their plants. They love them. They're, they're attached to them, and they just love them. And then we're learning about how they grow. But really, like, it, like the root comes, but like how? Like, we can learn like the, the deep matters of it. I remember Bio 11 and where they're talking about endosperm and this and that and the other thing and, and how things work and how the, cells, how the cells do what they're supposed to do. But something programmed them. Something from the beginning. But that seed, in that seed is a whole plant. It's a whole plant. 
there's things that you're saying that are going to become a whole tree in someone else. In someone else, something that you're going to say is going to grow in them. You're a product of the word that was spoken to you. Someone said something to you and it stuck. It was good ground and it grew. That someone spoke. I'm so glad they spoke. That they sowed that word. That it got in good ground and it grew. And just as that bean, if it doesn't die, just as that bean grows and grows and grows, it's going to create seeds of its own that are coming out of it. So amazing. So cool. Just well, like we know the, the mechanics kind of, but not really. But we have a God who thought of it all and wants to tell you secrets more than just how a seed grows, but how his word grows in you and how your word can grow in others. So cool. And the earth produces, acting by itself, first the blade, then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. But then when the grain is ripe and it permits, immediately he sends forth the reapers and puts in the sickle because the harvest stands ready. So amazing. And he goes on, I, I love the, the next one where he talks about the mustard seed. And, and I have like my the mustard seeds. I love, when I start talking about it, sometimes someone will send in a mustard, mustard seeds that they have at home and, and the kids look at them, look how tiny they are. And, and uh, one of my EAs gave me a necklace that has like a mountain with a mustard seed in it. I have to, and so I have it, it's nicely encased in it so I can show the kids, you know, this mustard seed that it grows and it produces this tree and then it is like a grain mustard seed which when sown upon the earth ground the smallest of the seed upon the whole earth yet after it's sown it grows up and becomes the greatest of all garden herbs and puts out our largest branches so that the birds of the air are able to make nests and dwell in its shade So the word you speak grows and it's grown in you to such a way that there's birds, it's not birds, but people are benefiting from you as a believer walking in victory here in the earth. You're benefiting. My students are benefiting. I'm sowing word, like lots of word. Like, we, we talk about God's word every day. Sometimes, you know, we're li- well, of course, as you heard, sometimes we listen, sometimes we don't. But I've had stories come back. Like, we're not allowed, we're not really, you know, you're not allowed to prophetize in, 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 my, in my job, which means, like, convert kids. But I wouldn't want to. That's, like... If you know God and you love God, you wouldn't do something like that, overstep a bound who is someone else's child. You know, so it's, it's their child, their responsibility. I'm here to just say, here's the word. And you know, have a parent come and say, oh, 
He prayed the prayer of salvation last night because of what you spoke in class. Just so exciting. So exciting. And then to have a boy who doesn't really care about things like that t tell his parents that he's going to have a gold body when he goes to heaven. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it'll look kind of golden. <laughs> but, you know, just driving in a car and thinking about that. Thinking about that and thinking in him. Not that I told him to think it, but he was thinking later about it. So there's words that you're going to speak to people that's going to speak to them. And it's going to grow in their life and bring forth that fruit that we see in our life. So we should not care what people can do to us. We just show his love. We're not going to go to the cross. We're probably not going to get stoned. There's a, a boy in Ottawa that just got arrested. He's going to a Catholic school and disagreed with some ideas that they had and went and talked to them. Said, look, this is here. This is what God's word says about this situation. You know, that boy shouldn't go in the girl's bathroom. And if you read the news article, you know, He's a young high school boy, but he started a protest, and you can watch the pastor's table and start to think about, what, about protests, what they can do, because there was protesting. We, we just read about some protesting. Paul goes to the court. Stephen is talking to some religious folk, and things turned out the way they did. And things are going to turn out the way they did for him. And he's hired a lawyer. But he was told that he was on uh, some sort of, I don't know, that there's some terms, but he wasn't allowed to be on school ground. He was able to do online learning, but he couldn't go to the school. And he, he was saying, it's like, well, I'm like the class is driver's ed. I'm like, I kind of need to be there for something like driver's ed. This is a Catholic school in Canada. And so he went, to, he went a couple of times to the school and just recently got arrested for going to school. And so now he's got a lawyer, and they're doing what they're doing. And I'm not sure how much of an effect he'll have because, he, you know, he's a young boy, and he's not filled with Holy Ghost. We are, doesn't matter how old, but filled with the Holy Ghost, we can do what God tells us to do. And go where God tells us to go. And say what God tells us to say. And no one trusts that when we sow that seed, that there is good ground there that's going to grow that word just like it grew in you. Let's pray. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. That you are your word. That we sang about you being faithful. Faithful you are. Faithful you'll be.
faithful to the generations. And I thank you, Lord, that that fruit is on, that, that seed is on the inside of us. Faithfulness, that your Holy Spirit is in us helping to produce the fruit, the God kind of fruit that we see when Stephen looked in love at the people that were stoning him to death. I thank you, Lord, that we can look at the people that we see with new eyes, that we can sow and not be concerned about the ground, but sow your word because you said to sow that we are sowers. And then just as we are that good ground, I thank you, Lord, for that good ground that we sow your word into. Let us notice it and help it and nurture it. I thank you, Lord, for the relationships that you have, have you've connected us with people that we're supposed to speak to. There's even strangers that we're supposed to speak to, but there's relationships that you put in our lives so that we're supposed to speak. And you've said to yourself, I just shouldn't. I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't do that. Now is the time to not keep your peace. Now is the time to speak. Now is the time to say what you have called them to say. And I thank you, Lord, for greater boldness than ever before that we can look at the people that we're speaking to, to and even when they're gnashing their teeth, even when they're blaspheming, they're swearing at us, that we can look on them with a God kind of love and pray for their souls. And pray that they'll accept you so that those things that they do will not be held to their account. I thank you that we walk more and more like you each and every day. Oh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at